Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker, and I'm here with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hey, Michelle. How wonderful to be here today with you. I'm excited. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? So what's on the books for us today? We're going to talk about what happens in life when everything gets super busy and how to take care of the artist and our craft and just the sort of the soul of us when life gets crazy. So that seems like a pretty relevant topic. It's certainly up for me right now. How about you? You know, it's up for me all the time. <laughs> yeah, unless unless there's a specific amount of time that I've blocked off that's going to be for one project or something. You know, I think that this... Um, topic is so powerful to talk about today. I'm really looking forward to deepening in it with you. So yeah. why don't you start? What do you want to share about that? I feel like there's a couple of aspects of this that we could really have a conversation around. And one of it is, well, how is it that life gets busy? And I've got to declare, as someone who has many, many interests in life, it's really easy for the dance card to get super full. Because mm -hmm. if I don't watch myself, I'll say yes to this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And all of a sudden, I've, I'm like, ah. And one of the things that I do know is that I get time claustrophobic. I don't know if that makes sense, but there's this sense of having not enough spare time, not enough space in my day, in my week, in my month, in my year. You know, I feel like I get this sort of crowding in of all these activities. and you know, they're all really juicy, fun activities. There's nothing wrong with the choice of the, the busyness, but it's just the sheer busyness and not enough space. So I feel like I've become really clear about that is how I do life if, if I'm left to, you know, unsupervised, if my default is to say yes to everything. And I have yes. learned to not do that. So what about you? Beautiful. And you, I know you've got a whole, you know, you're busy with your community, you're busy performing, you're busy recording. There's so many aspects to your craft and your art. Is that also up for you? It is. And, I, you know, I think there is a, I love that you use the word space, because to me, I think one of the best ways for me to deal with it is to think about spaciousness around my art and around my craft. Like, it needs to be protected, maybe on the calendar, especially within my own mind. Yeah. You know, that it is it is a place that doesn't get rigid and strident. Like, I have to do this by this amount of time and this time frame sometimes will throw me right into that rigidity that doesn't help my creativity. You know, so those are the times when I, I have to really think, okay, what am I really wanting to experience here with my art? I now believe that I'm an artist if I'm able to get to my art or not during a certain amount of time. But you know, life happens. I mean, you're in the middle of moving house. Um, you know, there's, I remember taking care of my mom when she was making her transition and there was no time. But it's interesting because a couple of beautiful songs came through when I was on the drive over to her house, you know, over to help her. Yeah. And I realized that the music happens anyway. <laughs> and I think one thing that helped me more than anything else when I was feeling like the pressure, and this was, I was much younger, it was about 20 years ago, 
I've got to get this done. I've got to make the charts. I've got to win a Grammy. I, you know, there was like all these expectations on my art, on my music. I remember specifically, I was at a, a spiritual center and after the service, they had people that were there to pray for you if you wanted. And I, so I said, I want to pray about my music. I just, you know, I want so much to happen with it. And there was this one phrase that came through in that beautiful time. And this woman said, she prayed that I would start practicing the love of music. Mm -hmm. And something about practicing the love of music just set me free. Mm -hmm. That that is really what this journey was about. It really was about loving what I was doing instead of trying to get it, get her done. Um, and that changed everything for me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Isn't it interesting? Just that reframe in the way that you're thinking about things. I feel like that's really what I'm doing at the moment. So we are, as Jennifer mentioned, we're moving, we're moving home and this is not an easy thing. We've been here for 11 years on the farm and, I was talking to um, my partner over the weekend at just what what this time has meant. So the leaving has been, you know, actually quite a challenge for me, apart from the fact that I've got a beautiful, dedicated space to do my art practice that doesn't interfere with anything else that's happening in the home and the house. But I have had to really think about I've got a lot of jobs to do that require a lot of, you know, sorting and packing a lot of my time and energy but how do I manage to keep things alive to keep the juiciness of coming to my painting or coming to my jewelry and allow that to also coexist so I'm much less of a black and white thinker these days and I've I think one of the things that's become true for me in thinking about this topic is that I'm so much unlike the girl that I was in my 20s. So in my 20s, I would book myself out way past what I was capable of coping with. And I was also extremely extroverted. And I think I'm still part that, but I'm very much on balance these days. I'm sort of a bit in both camps where I like my own time and I like a lot of space around my time rather than constantly be out and engaging and socialising and interacting. I don't have that need. In fact, I have the opposite. But I'm also really clear about that space thing that I need to insert the space. I need to manage that space. So in thinking about the packing and the moving from the farm to what's going to be a suburban home, so we're going to go from 170 acres to 800 square metres, it's, you know, it's a massive downsize and so in addition to the physicality of doing that, I also know there's a lot of emotional work that I'm doing and thank goodness for my art and, you know, the practice of creativity to be able to also express that emotional letting go, the emotional transition of saying goodbye and welcoming the new, so kind of the chapter closing. And I, I feel really conscious of also doing something really important for myself, which I call permission. So I'm allowed to be tired because mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of emotional work underneath. And if we're true to our core of being in the space of expressing ourselves and what matters most through our art, then that also needs to have its time to do its thing and to become, I guess, really present to 
what is happening for me because it's changing week by week and I'm finding, Mm -hmm. you know, good things are coming up and more challenging realities are coming up and I'm working through those. But permission to do nothing, permission, I, I love the idea of switching from being productive and achieving all these things to loving your craft. That's a really fantastic sort of permission. And I'm also giving myself permission to rest and permission to do nothing. It feels like it's the way of looking after myself while everything is so busy, you know, while I'm trying to figure out how to close down the internet and set up new internets and getting all the transition of storage places. Because, of course, we're not doing a simple move. We're doing a two-stage move, you know. We're packing up this life. We're putting it all into storage for a couple of weeks and then we're coming out of storage and going into the new house. So literally for the month of February next year, 2022, is going to be a time of moving, a time of packing and unpacking. Yeah. I I think it's wonderful that you are also documenting your leaving, you know, because here's a place that you've loved for 11 years and I think that is so important. If you can write, like the song I wrote for my mom when she was making her transition, it's interesting because we're talking about two different transitions, but they're the same in many ways, was we're singing you home, mama. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, I love singing, that song. we're singing you home. Yeah. And it, it just, you know, it helped us to cry. It helped, we, you know, everyone that was caring for her uh, had a, you know, a couple sisters there and a cousin and, and we all kept singing that song to each other and to her. And it was the balm, you know, the beautiful grace that that pulled everything together, you know, gave us that beautiful open heartedness to just be with what was going on that was really hard mm. uh, for us. So I, I so appreciate your expression of creativity. And I found too that if you just take a few moments, I mean, maybe you just need to have 15 minutes to do something in your art that's going to give you the juice to keep going. Yeah. You know, maybe just looking at something that you've done before or uh, for me, it's just like taking a quick sit down at the piano, you know, and just playing yeah. and just just allowing myself not to, like you said, giving us ourselves permission. I think that's a beautiful way to say it, allowing ourselves to be very present in what's going on. Yeah. To me, that keeps juicing our creativity when we do that in any situation yeah I love the story of you and your family and and the song and how that song that creativity that came through you became part of how the whole group you individually and you as a family group move through that time it's such a such a beautiful story and I know that song and I love that song Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love singing along to it it is a, a celebratory la- lament, right? And we took that song and then sent it all over the world to our extended family and said, hey, can you sing a verse? Can you play, uh, my nephew played the harmonica on it. You know, it was just like, we asked any contribution that you could you could bring, somebody else play the violin a little bit. And it would, then they sent the tracks to us and Michael was able to put it together. And so it became meaningful for a lot more of us. Let me yeah. just say that. But you yeah. never know what a piece of art will do in the world. <laughs> it, has a, it has a life of its own. <laughs> it does. The other thing I know about you to be true is you're incredibly prolific. Like sometimes when, um, you know, we've been connecting every week now for five years, sometimes a couple of times a week, 
and I have witnessed your prolific abundance of creativity out into the world, like the amount of things that you're able to produce. That must come from taking care of your energy to be able to sustain that prolific output from a place of joy, Mm. it seems. How do you find that it works for you? That's a great question. I find it more than anywhere else in that real connection that I have with my own beloved presence, the beloved divine within me. And also, you know, Mother Mary. Mother Mary is such a big influence in my life. She gives me messages all the time. And so I guess my personality is when something comes to me, I want to share it with others, right? When something's here, I want to share it. I want to put it in a form that I can share it with others. And that's probably why I am seen as prolific, but it's really just my uh, taking care of my own artistry, really. <laughs> it's finding a way to give it to, to others. And I guess my my question is always like, is this up to standard to share it with others? You know, I'm so grateful that I have a, a wonderful producer right here in house, you know, that I can say, am I, is this like up to standards or am I just like, let's just get it out there. And also, let's talk about spaciousness some, some more. I am learning, I'm giving myself permission to create spaciousness and create things and energy that I can enjoy instead of just giving it away. Mm. So that has been a really beautiful lesson for me mm. of building up that nest of spaciousness around me mm. so that I can enjoy the fruits of the creativity as well. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Sure does. <laughs> It sure does. Good. I feel like, I guess, having that intention to give myself permission, one of the things that I do do is I'm a, I'm a list lover. So I'm Virgo by a star sign, which means we love lists, those of us who are Virgo. I love being able to put a list together and then tick it off. But I know when I do that for myself, I do my one, my week coming up, I kind of put out my days and I have an overarching thing that I want to achieve, just one thing that I want to achieve in the week. And I put that right up the front with all these, you know, stars and spangles. Then each day I put the sort of the things that are on my plate. So I'm mindful because I can see on my weekly calendar about what's coming if one day is looking really heavy. So one of the antidotes that I use for that is then what can I move off, you know, obviously. But there's also giving myself a gift each day or giving myself the space. So it might not be about necessarily me practicing my craft. It may be me enjoying someone else's. So I love when I get to listen to your morning light meditations, but also other, like I love listening to um, poetry being recited. So one of my favorite podcasts is Padre Gautuma's Poetry Unbound, which is just that little Mm -hmm. 15 minute joy one of listening to a man with an Irish accent, which I just adore. <laughs> but to hear him talk about things in such a deep and loving way and caring way and thoughtful way that it really helps me reconnect with me and maybe give me something to think about. So that those are sort of the gems. Or maybe I might peruse and have a look at some artwork of others who I really enjoy or read a short part of a chapter of an art book that I might have. So there's, 
you know, there's also that receiving and mindfully putting that into my daily routine that I make sure that I do that because I know it brings me joy, just as simple as that. And, you know, I do have nature every day and I have nature right outside my door. And that's also a really crucial part of staying connected, staying energized and offsetting what could be fatiguing in terms of what we've got to get through life and what things we do have to do. You know, I think I want to acknowledge too, there are times in life when there isn't a lot of freedom to do what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, the crunch and you were talking about looking after your mum and being with her as she was sort of in her final days or weeks of transition and how your creativity happened anyway. I find sometimes there can be just an absence of spare bandwidth, spare energy, spare time. You're just taking care of so many things. And there are phases in life like that. And I always think of it as sort of taking a big breath, holding your breath and just swimming to the end of the pool. You just know that you've just got to get to the end of the pool and then you can exhale, then you can rest. Even in those phases of life when we're being asked to give a lot or to take care of a lot of others in our that are important, how can we just you know, sneak in a little five-minute piece of joy, what might that look like? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just standing out in the garden and admiring the flowers, but doing it consciously. Absolutely. Doing it with full presence. What are some of of your things that you love to do that really fill you up when you are flat out? I remember hearing uh, Reverend Nirvana Gale. What a great name, right? He was uh, Reverend Michael's partner at Agape International Spiritual Center uh, when they first started. And he always had this when, and he would give this to especially young mothers, right, who were taking care of babies and had no time to themselves. He said, you just have to do pop meditations, (laughs) you know, just do a pop meditation. Just take, like you said, take three minutes, take 30 seconds, whatever it is that you can get and just pause, take the breath, go within, get retooled. And I... I love that you said go out into the garden because that's what I do now. I don't, I live in suburbia, right? I don't live in nature, but there is so much nature here. I have a huge tree in the front yard. I have a mighty oak in the backyard and I literally go to them and I lean against them. I allow my whole energy to be filled with that love that I have for them and also what they give to me. Mm. I love doing that. It mm-hmm. just is a way for me to, to get back in touch with myself. And I've also taken to sitting in the sun. I was given this in, as an assignment for my nutritionist, right? She says, you need to sit in the sun and take off as many pieces of clothing as you can. <laughs> <laughs> so just, and I really love the sun. The sun to me is our source of life. And it has every vitamin and mineral that you would ever need. But to me, it's also a way of connecting spiritually to myself, to the earth, to all there is, and not doing anything, to actually sit there without a book in hand, without listening to anything, but just giving myself permission to be empty, Mm. to be absolutely empty. Mm. And that is such a wonderful tool for creating. It reminds me of the ebb of the tides, you know, the, the flow of the tides, how they pull back. And there seems to be nothing there. And then they come in fully, right? It's just like a beautiful breathing of space. And 
if I only have five minutes, I declare that that five minutes is enough. Yeah. And the time that I have is enough. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I have one more question for you. Shoot. When you are in those moments of complete, let's say you have three weeks, four weeks that you haven't been able to get to your art once. Mm. And you're kind of going crazy, right? What can you do? What do you do, Michelle, when you can't really get to that project that you've been wanting to get to? I have stand-ins and it might just be a drawing app on my iPad. It's really what can I do right here, right now? And of course, my iPad travels with me. So I, I feel like I can access it anytime. I can be on an airplane. I can be in a waiting room. I can be sitting at, you know, in a car park. So I have stand-ins and I have the sort of gradation of, you know, the, the full-blown time in the studio is fantastic, but I also have things which I think of as art on my lap in the lounge. So what can I do on the lid of a storage box with maybe it's watercolours on little postcards or something, but it's something that I can do on my lap while I'm in the lounge room and the family life is going on and I can participate in that, but I can also come back and do something. I can do something with colour. I can do something with a line. I can explore that mark making that just really fills me up. And so it doesn't have to be big time studio sort of situation. Mm -hmm. It can be just something very, very little. And I'm conscious that when my, something I learned in 2013, when my mum was really sick and there was a lot of chaos in her life. And I used to go up for a couple of days or maybe five days or a week at a time. And I would find my energy, I had to work really hard to manage my energy and one of the mm -hmm. things is I actually used drawing on my iPad as a drawing meditation, as a sort of a self-care. So in that case, it wasn't so much making out for pure expression. It was making out for care because when I'm drawing and doing something, I can actually drop down into and let a lot of stuff go and get into a place of steadiness and a place of I can breathe again. So I do do that. Drawing meditations are also something very powerful because now it comes from both, both sides. You know, it comes from the joy of mark making in my art, but it also comes from knowing that it brings such a beautiful, a beautiful calm energy, a beautiful centering process that I then feel energized and I can go again. You know, I'm, I'm up for it. So it hasn't happened. So since I became fully into you know, arts right in the centre of my world, probably at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. I haven't been for weeks and weeks without making art. It just hasn't happened. So, mm. uh, you know, I think that I understand that's a real privileged position and a joyful position. But in times past where I was running my own business and, you know, I've run my own business for 16 years and when I'd be out seeing clients and doing consulting and although it was a creative content that I was working with them around, you know, helping them to think creatively and communicate creatively and connect with their own innovation, it was still very much a sort of a corporate consulting kind of mode and that's when I did things like black and white drawings on my iPad while I'm sitting in waiting lounges at airports to fly to clients or come home from client work. So I had I had little ways of keeping connected. And I do mm -hmm. think 
thinking about art, reading art books, listening to podcasts that are all about the creative process also feeds a part of me. So when I'm in my car driving and I'm doing jobs like, you know, might be something very pedestrian like like the house shop, but I can actually get a dose of thinking and ideas and sort of a depth of, of what's going on for myself through listening to other people's musings and their reflections. So that is quite possible. And I think it's because I'm so intentional about it these days. And, you know, we use the word permission. I'm also just very conscious of this, you know, that one of the spaciousness aspects for me, for my creative practice is that I need a lot more time to reflect. I feel like I've got a Mm -hmm. lot more to reflect on, but I need a lot more time to reflect and process. And that's where that is part of my creative process is that reflection time. How about you? How do you fit in reflection time into your busy life, Jennifer? By sitting in the sun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I think what I want to touch on is also the state of mind that you are an artist, that you remind yourself that you are an artist when you're in the middle of something. I remember I was, I think this is the last job I had working for someone else. And I had to drive an hour each way every day. And I made a decision that I would spend at least the same amount of time I was driving for myself every day. So that meant I had to get up a little earlier, you know, and allow some space for creating. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me to keep my frame of mind. Because like you, I was in a position where I was around a lot of music, did a lot of You know, I was uh, the music and arts ministry assistant, right? So everybody would have to come through me in order to get to Ricky Byers Beckwith, who was the the music minister at that time. And I realized that I, I started thinking, wow, I am facilitating a lot of music, but I'm not doing a lot of music. And that would that really helped me actually get really clear about what my next step was. You know, I had already written all these children's songs and it was time to get them in schools. And I got really clear about what my next step was and exited that job to do that. Yeah. But while I was in there, I I just want to give a shout out. If you are in the middle of like working full time and really missing your artistry, honor it by getting up early and just giving some space to it in whatever way you can and say to yourself, for now, that is enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Allow it to be enough. Yeah. Staying connected, even if it's five minutes a day. That's such a beautiful yeah. thought. And I I think one of the things that thinking about this is what do we allow into our lives that makes us super busy? And sometimes I think it's, and for me, it has been in the past, a degree of churn about some external pressures about how much I needed to be doing, how much of certain activities to make my art business go. What is it that I'm imposing on myself? Because ultimately, when it's ready, when the time's right and the the mind and the and the creative force are right, it happens in a second. You know, like it just unfolds. So mm-hmm. I think that yes, we need to be practicing our artistry and building our our experience of ourselves as an artist so that we can witness and create evidence to ourselves and really be able to fully embrace that as you said that 
role of ourselves in the world, that we are an artist doing, doing what it is that we're meant to do. And my mind shift has been really about what my expectation is on how much hard toil I need to do in order for my creativity and for my creative business to be buoyant and to fly. So I just, I find that really, you know, what you've said about, yes, sometimes we just, we have to knuckle down and we're working for someone else, whatever it is, if it's five minutes on the ivories, you know, playing on the keyboard before you go to that job, or it's taking time out just to do a quick sketch while you're having a cup of coffee before you get in the car to go to work. Whatever it is that you mm. need to do for yourself, do that. And if you've got the opportunity and you're not beholden to an, an employer, part-time, full-time, whatever, then be really protective over your time because your time and your energy and mm -hmm. your space is where your creative absolute genius comes from. And when we Mm -hmm. hand that off and and you know barter it away because of various thinking that's not so strongly coming from a, a sense of worth in our artistry then that's when I think we can run into trouble and that's where I've run into trouble in the past is you know I've been a bit too devoted to the have to work hard thing to be able to get places idea <laughs> it's something that, all of us have yeah you know, all of us have it's been seeped in with yeah. mother's milk right <laughs> Yeah, that's why when I heard, you know, love the practice of music, mm. I was like, oh, wow, that was such a, a, a radical idea for me at the time. And, you know, as an artist, the creativity will always find a way to eke itself out. <laughs> yeah. Even if you are so busy, you think that you can't. It's amazing yeah. how it will keep drawing you back to remind you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Beautiful. This is who I am. That's right. <laughs> So any other thoughts on this beautiful topic, how we juggle life when it gets busy, how we keep ourselves connected to our artistry? I think the last thing that I'd like to say again is just honor the artist. Mm. Yeah, honor her and allow her to, to continue to tell you where to go and what to do and, and to do. how to do it. Because to me, it's simply a place of honoring and allowing, yeah. giving ourselves permission. Yeah. My final thoughts is really that we need to be taking care in practical ways, but also in the way that we approach and the, the way that we think about how we are in the world and how our artistry is and what worth and value it has. So I feel like, you know, there's a spectrum of things. And then there's also the seasons, you know, there's just accepting that there are some times when the mm -hmm. art's going to go low because there are lots of other demands on our life. And then it, mm -hmm. knowing that you will be able to, if you can stay connected in ones in small ways, that it will flourish again when the time is there. Permission, that is a big word. Very well said. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you for joining me today for this chat about how we deal with life and our creativity in the space of busy times and full schedules and out-of-control dance cards. I hope you have a wonderful <laughs> week, Jennifer, and I look yes, forward to speaking again with you soon. You too, and thank you so much. What a joy it is to be with yeah. you. Take care. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Bye for now.